So I want to like kind of combine Mama Gina's definition in mine and, and suggest that flirtation is playing in the presence of another. Mm. Whatever play means to you, it doesn't necessarily mean you have to be, you know, doing improv or playing a board game. It could just mean, you know, something that is delightful and f- kind of for its own sake. From the Relationship Center, I'm psychotherapist and dating coach Jessica Ingle, and this is I Love You Too, a show about how to create and sustain meaningful relationships. I'm professional certified coach Josh Van Vliet, and on today's episode, we're going to talk about how to flirt like a feminist. We're so happy you're here, and please remember that this show is not a substitute for a relationship with a licensed mental health professional. quick note from future Josh and Jessica. When we were listening back to this episode, we realized that a number of our examples referenced men dating women, as that is uh, often who comes to us for help with flirting along feminist lines. We just want you to know that even though you'll hear that, the principles we discuss in this episode do apply to people of all genders and orientations. Let's go ahead and dive in and enjoy the show. So I am so excited to dig into this topic with you today, uh, how to flirt like a feminist. Mm Mm-hmm. It's one of those topics where there's so much uh, information out there about flirting and there's so much bad information out there about flirting. Yes. It's, uh, I know as we were talking about and preparing for this episode, we were thinking about like, do we even want to talk about flirting? It's so, Mm. it can Mm -hmm. be such kind of a, it's kind of not great topic because it's often used in a way or talked about in a way that's manipulative or... Uh, kind of like trying to get something from somebody mm-hmm. rather tricks than tips. tricks and tips. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but I think that's part of why we actually got excited about talking about this because we have a little bit of a different viewpoint on flirting and how we flirt like a feminist in a way that's respectful and uh, kind and uh, fun and mm-hmm. still creates connection, but doesn't use any of that stuff. Yeah. I mean, when I was looking up a bunch of different resources around flirtation in preparation for this, I was reminded of that kind of like cringy feel of going into the, you know, dating blogosphere and finding all of this kind of pickup artistry stuff, which did make it feel like, no, this is a really important um, conversation to have. Yeah. And so we're going to attempt to answer uh, four questions Mm -hmm. in our episode today. The first simply is what is flirting? And why is it important? Yes. Uh, second question will be, how do you flirt without being creepy? We hear this a lot from our clients. Mm-hmm. Uh, third, what does it mean to flirt like a feminist? Why, do we, why are we using those words for this? And fourth, uh, what if you feel too shy to flirt? Yes. Yes, yes, yes. So uh, anything you want to say before we just dive right into the first question? Let's dive. Okay. So what is flirting? What is flirting on a basic mm-hmm. level? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so one of the best definitions I came across uh, is from a guy named Jeffrey Hall. He wrote a book called The Five Flirting Styles. Uh, he's a researcher out of Kansas. And he defines flirtation as um, when one person expresses romantic or sexual interest in another person is the target of such an expression or is just engaged with another person and trying to figure out whether the feeling is mutual. Mm. The the bottom line that I'm getting from that is it's a way of letting somebody know if you're interested or like in in the words of one of our clinicians, uh, how would they know if you're interested? Mm -hmm. 
Yes. Yes, it's a way to let someone know you're interested in more than friendship. I also love about this definition that it talks about, it's just engaging to even figure out whether there's a mutual feeling. Mm. Yeah, I love that that piece. I'm glad you highlighted that. Yeah, and, and one of the things that I liked about this definition, you know, there's a lot of different kind of like frames or perspectives on flirtation. The other, one of the other definitions I came across was in the sort of evolutionary biology direction. And they talk about flirtation as um, the way that human beings check one another out and assess sexual compatibility without having sex, uh, which is helpful because sex can be risky or costly, right? Babies, STIs, all of that. Mm. but something with that definition, it just, I'm like, you're, right now, I'm, as I'm looking at you, you're like, you're kind of uh, like, yeah. It feels like mechanical <laughs> and yeah. kind of, yeah, something about it rubs me the wrong way. Totally, me too. It's like, yes, there's probably truth to that. And it kind of just boils us down to kind of like animal wiring. Yeah. It also makes flirtation seem surreptitiously evaluative. Yeah. Which I don't know about you, but if I'm evaluating or being evaluated, that's like, you know, my instincts to flirt just go out the window. And it makes it really hard to actually establish or discover if there is a connection. Yes. Which I feel like is, for me, a core part of flirting is about both uh, signaling interest, like, hey, I I think you're cool. Like, Mm -hmm. I'm curious to get to know you better. Mm -hmm. And I love this other part of the first definition where it's trying to discover, is that feeling mutual? Is there... Mm -hmm. Um, is there a connection? Is there a mutual interest to get to know each other better? Um, and yeah, and so that that other the kind of evolutionary biology definition seems very like takes the connection, takes the the play and the exploration out of it. Yeah, uh, and makes it very kind of mechanical. Yes, I agree. I think it also potentially like I, I think this is one of the things a lot of sort of dating gurus have kind of pointed to to I don't know, kind of like offer some repackaged sexism through their flirtation advice, mm-hmm. right? And and kind of heteronormative advice where it's like, the man is wired to approach and the woman is wired to be receptive. Mm-hmm. And it creates these very sort of black and white gender roles mm-hmm. um, that I think don't fit a lot of people and make people feel kind of boxed in. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so... Let's move on to a feminist definition of flirting, okay? Mm, okay. And then we can also kind of get into some specifics. So there's a woman named Mama Gina. She's an author and a feminist icon. Uh, She really teaches about lifting women up, particularly through their sensuality. Mm. She defines flirting as enjoying yourself in the presence of another. Hmm. Enjoying yourself in the presence of another. Yes. I like that. Yeah. That's sweet. Yeah, like even as I read that compared to reading the other ones, like I notice my nervous system just goes like, huh. Yeah, I kind of relax <laughs> a little bit. It's like, I'm not trying to get something from somebody. I'm not trying to like figure out what are the right things to say to manipulate somebody into a relationship or into sex or yeah. into whatever. It's just enjoying myself in the presence of another. Yes, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I've often, I like to talk with people about how the heart of flirtation is play, mm-hmm. right? And enjoyment is the heart of play. Mm-hmm. So I want to like kind of combine Mama Gina's definition in mine and, and suggest that flirtation is playing in the presence of another. Mm. Whatever play means to you, it doesn't necessarily mean you have to be, you know, 
doing improv or playing a board game. It could just mean you know, something that is delightful and f- kind of for its own sake. I think that's the other piece in here is play is it's never done for uh, a, an objective. Right. Right. And I'd like to think of flirtation in that way. It's not that we're trying to, as you've been mentioning, like manipulate or get something from someone. It's that we're showing up to be in a, in a delightful um, experience with another person. Yeah. And, but how would you square that with the, the part of the first definition where we are looking to discover if there's mutual interest? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I sort of hold it as like we're playing and it is very um, likely we're going to get good information about how we are with that person, what mm-hmm. we're interested in, what they're interested in. Mm-hmm. But we're not doing it to obtain that information and to, I must transmit this message to this person to X, Y, and Z. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> are you laughing at me? I'm, I'm just appreciating your <laughs> very intense, I must transmit this. To this da, da, da. Uh, no, I, I really, mm. I, I like what you're saying there about it's it's almost a little bit of a paradox of holding yes. both um, playing for its own sake. We're just we're enjoying each other's company. We're just enjoying being together. I'm enjoying myself in your presence, and um, and and you know when we're dating, we're we're looking for a connection. We're we're mm-hmm. trying to we are trying to assess is this person uh, a potential good fit uh, for a longer term partner. Mm-hmm. But when we're so focused on assessing mm-hmm. we're not playing anymore right and the kind of irony of that is then we miss out on the chance to really understand if we play well together if we enjoy playing together if, yeah if we have a connection that that invites play that invites us to take some uh, small but meaningful risks to mm-hmm. do things that are a little uncomfortable but fun together mm-hmm. uh, yeah that it makes it hard to actually play if we're just focused on the evaluative side of things. Yes. Yeah, in some ways I think this this definition, it requires us to have some trust, mm-hmm. some trust and faith in, you know, if I show up and I'm present, I will learn from that. I will clarify what is actually here rather mm-hmm. than needing to m- make it happen. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's a really good point. Mm-hmm. I want to, I'm curious about why, we're kind of dancing around a little bit, but like why, why is flirting important? Yeah, so... One of the most common things we hear from our clients is that they struggle to develop deeper connections or romantic connections. Like they'll find themselves kind of, you know, quote unquote, friend zoned. And I think that flirtation is one way to make sure that we are in the exploratory process uh, with someone in a way that opens the door for more of a romantic connection over a friendly connection. I do think that flirtation in a romantic relationship includes all of the ways we quote unquote flirt with friends. If I, uh, with my friends, am somebody who listens intently and smiles and um, makes jokes, I'm not going to stop doing that, right? Mm-hmm. Just because I'm also interested in someone. It's, uh, it's just that I'm going to be adding on these other pieces. So there will be times when it feels maybe more friendly I think that the key in terms of maybe developing more of that romantic side of things is allowing yourself to go to those more romantic, sensual places. Yeah, and that's I love that point because it's it's like when we're looking for a life partner or a long-term partner, we're looking for both someone with whom we have sexual attraction, desire, connection, 
compatibility, but we're also looking for somebody with whom we have a great just friend connection that mm-hmm. we just enjoy each other's company, whether or not we're in the bedroom, that that's just as important a, an aspect of, of how you are together. Yes. There's so many parts of life that you're going to do together, you know, beyond sexuality. Yes. Yeah, we did a nice deep dive in our um, episode on what to look for in a long-term partner about this. Like friendship is kind of the basis of really happy long-term relationships. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so both that sort of more friendly flirtation and the, the more sensual or romantic hopefully is present in someone that you're kind of exploring with. Yeah. I think of some of the people, and we actually, we've talked about, you know, some of the reality dating shows that we watch occasionally, mm-hmm. um, seeing some of the kind of pitfalls people fall into of being super respectful. Yes. Being super, um, like almost overly conscientious of not doing something that will be creepy or kind of Im- intruding on what the person seems like they do or don't want. And then the other person just misses the fact that they're interested at all. Right. And so- Kind of what we're aiming for, I think, in in approaching a, an approach to feminist flirting, is one that is respectful, that is taking care of, that is kind of being mindful of what the other person is open to and interested in, but also not holding back so much that you don't authentically signal, "I I like you, yeah, I want to explore this together, uh, both verbally, non-verbally, what all the different ways that we might communicate that mm-hmm. on a first date." all the way through, you know, the rest of your lives. Because mm-hmm. flirting doesn't start or stop at the first date. That's right. Yeah, that's really the other reason flirtation is so important. I mean, a flir- flirtation should be a part of a happy, successful, long-term relationship. Uh, you know, sexual satisfaction is a huge part of long-term satisfaction and flirtation is sort of one face of that. Yeah. I love how we're, we're drawing this out to really the the bigger picture of flirting because I think also the other thing that comes up around flirting is that it's about how do I a cold approach people at a bar right like, yes that's what flirting is yes and it's like no I mean <laughs> there may be things about flirting that yes you can use that to approach people or make connections in person with people that you don't know yet but that goes so far beyond that yes absolutely yeah and I think one of our goals for this uh, episode is to really kind of um, I don't know, lower the bar for flirtation. I think we talk with a lot of people day in, day out about how they just feel too shy or too intimidated to flirt or they just don't know how. And, uh, you know, one of our clinicians really pointed out that, you know, most people, they are flirting often, mm-hmm. right? Whether it's a smile or following up with a question or leaning in. Um, we do all of these things that are in that flirtation energy. Um, but so many people have what, what you just described in their minds when they think of flirtation. Well, I got to walk up to somebody at a bar or somebody's got to approach me and I laugh at them. Ha 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 ha. Throw back my hair. <laughs> That's what hooked me. <laughs> Why don't we talk then about some of the principles of flirting and what flirting might look like. And then after that, we'll get into how to flirt without being creepy. Great. Love it. Yeah. So let's talk principles of feminist flirting. If feminism is the radical notion that women are people 
who deserve equal rights as men, then it follows that feminist flirting is characterized by a few things. Okay. One, respect, Mm -hmm. right? So feminist flirtation is about enjoying oneself and others, not about acting on one another in a prescribed way in order to get a particular outcome. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a really important, it's like foundational, right? It's got to start with respect. Yes. You got it. Second aspect of feminist flirting, equality. So anyone, regardless of their sex or genders, can initiate or receive flirtation. I love this principle. Mm -hmm. This so, there's so much like missed connection, I think, that happens out of the prescribed gender roles of either people who identify as men must be the initiators or the flirters or whatever, and people who identify as women for hetero folks must be the ones receiving flirtation. And it's like, Ah, yes. Just, just get rid of all that junk. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, and I think we have some good research uh, on with online dating that confirms what you're saying. Like women who initiate, who, women who are willing to reach out, are so much more likely to make a connection and build a relationship. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, so that's equality. The third principle of feminist flirting: choice and consent. Yes. Yeah. Feminist flirting is always consensual. As we say on our team, consent is sexy. So sexy. Mm-hmm. Uh, no one's entitled to another person flirting with them or receiving their flirtation energy in any particular way. Mm-hmm. And you have the right to end flirtation at any moment, even if previously you were an enthusiastic yes to that flirtation. Yes. Yeah. Yes. This is so important. I think if we really, I don't know, absorb this aspect of, of flirting, it opens up the space for more play. Yeah. Right, because play you can't play when there's lack of choice, when there's lack of consent, when there's lack of safety. Lack of safety, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We we shut down. We do not want to play when there's uh, any sense that there's risk or danger. Mm-hmm. Or danger, really, you right. know, Danger to our safety. Right. Um, a little bit of healthy risk is mm-hmm. okay, but but not danger. So, what does feminist flirtation look like, considering all of that? Right. So if flirtation's playing in the presence of another, really flirtation's going to depend moment to moment, interaction to interaction, right? You could flirtation could be eye gazing, it could be holding hands, it could be asking a meaningful question, inviting them to play a, a board game or not. Mm-hmm. Right? So it's it's going to come back to what what is play for you? What do you enjoy? All of that said, let's talk about some concrete examples of potentially flirtatious behavior from scientific literature. Uh, as a dating coach, you know, here and there I see pieces of science come through my inbox um, about this is the thing that will make someone attracted to you. And um, I want to just sort of caveat, like all of these uh, studies, they're for, you know, particular sexes, genders, and cultural contexts. So Mm. we've included links to all of them in our show notes. That's at relationshipcenter.com slash podcast. Um, So if you really want to dig into the science, you can do that. Here are some things that, uh, flirtation can look like number one humor mm-hmm. including laughing at another person's jokes wait is that different than being funny it is <laughs> it is yeah i uh this is i think a potentially like relieving piece of yeah information like good, for news. Mm-hmm. good news yeah both you know 
uh, both making jokes and laughing at other person's jokes can make you uh, more attractive. Uh, another one is wearing revealing clothing. I think the science said that this one is more effective in short-term dating contexts. Mm-hmm. Another one is acts of generosity and commitment. That's like intimate conversations and spending time with, with another person. Mm-hmm. We've got asking questions, especially follow-up questions. This is one of my favorites, mm-hmm. uh, especially the follow-up questions. Because for me, you can ask a question and get an answer and then kind of go on to the next question on your list. And that's not necessarily much connection yes. or much signaling of interest or play but a follow-up question says, I've listened to what you said. I'm interested in what you said. And I want to know more. Yes. And it's great to know that there's just there's research that's, that backs up. Yes, people like this. It, this builds connection. This builds relationship. It has people enjoy spending time with you more. Absolutely. Yes. So I can think about dates I've been on where someone has asked me questions, but it's been like, questions about lots of different things instead of really diving deep into one topic. And it, it's given me the experience of being a little bit kind of like on an interview, right? It's a, it feels less like relational and more transactional. Yeah. Yep. Yes. Yep. Okay. So asking questions, especially follow-up questions, touch. Mm-hmm. Touch is a big one. Yeah. And I, I feel like we should say something a little bit more about touch because it's 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 a big one. It's obviously a signal of interest. It's a way to connect and play, but it also can be a really kind of dangerous, you know, or or even even not necessarily dangerous, but scary thing to do for some folks. Yes, that it's very uncomfortable to uh, reach out and touch, especially if we're worried about being creepy or or violating a boundary. Totally. Um, yeah. So what what would you say about that? Yeah, uh, there's. I would say a lot about that. I, I suspect you might. <laughs> I, I think um, let's put a pin in that and talk about it in, when we talk about not being creepy and being too shy. Okay. Okay, because okay. I think there's a lot to say about that. Okay, we'll come back to that then. Yeah, so touch, and there can be lots of different um, sort of layers of touch. Types of touch. Types of touch, yeah, or like... Um, I know that one of the articles that I've tended to share with clients talks about touch in terms of uh, friendly touch, uh, plausible deniability touch, and I forget the last one. It's something like, I don't know, super obvious touch, right? Um, So we could just touch somebody on the shoulder versus, say, um, touch someone on the low of their back versus a kiss, Mm -hmm. right? There's going to be kind of uh, increasing... um, I keep wanting to say severity. (laughs) That's not it. (laughs) So aside from touch, there's eye gazing uh, and smiling. And when you do those two things together, it's sort of uh, even more powerful. Uh, You know, imagine just looking at someone, no smile. (laughs) Josh is doing that to me right now. (laughs) Or smiling, but not making eye contact, Mm -hmm. right? Much different to really see a genuine smile with some eye contact. And then we have, of course, compliments and open and inviting body language, like uncrossed arms or leaning forward. Mm-hmm. I want to come back to compliments for a second mm-hmm. because I think this is one that can be um, a little bit of like a, you know, we can do it badly sometimes. Mm. Um, particularly when the compliments are very much focused on somebody's physical appearance, their body. Uh, things that they really don't have any control over for the most part. Yes. And versus a compliment about something that they have some control over, whether it's 
even the clothes that they maybe chose or um, something that they've shared about what they did. Like, oh, I really loved what, you know, I really admire the business that you've built. Yes. That's really cool. Thank you. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> that that is a more meaningful compliment uh, than you look really hot today. Right, yeah. This one's really interesting because I think that there's sort of a sweet spot, right? So we often advise our clients, don't don't start with, hey, baby, you look hot today. Yeah. Um, if you're wanting to build a long-term relationship, that might be actually a great opener if you're wanting just a casual um, interaction. Um, but yeah, starting with a compliment that is uh, focused on something they have control over. Um, I think though that, you know, in long-term relationships, we do make, give, give our partners compliments about mm-hmm. their bodies yeah. often. Yeah, that's a, that's a really good point. And it, it seems like there's some, uh, some sweet spot to find in there that's, that, that is, as we're talking about when we're signaling desire, signaling attraction, signaling like, I'm into you, yes. all of you, including yes. your body. Yes. That that is very appropriate sometimes. And maybe it's a, a better caveat for earlier on in dating. Right. Where it's like first date, the thing you lead off with probably isn't, you know, super hot. You're super hot if you're looking for more of a long-term right. relationship. Right. Well, and and just, you know, you don't know that person yet. You. Th- this is where the consent piece comes in. Right. Right. Like they may be totally happy with you making compliments, giving them compliments about their physical appearance do you want to start there and potentially cross a boundary, right? So you're slowly getting to know them and kind of getting a sense of where their boundaries are. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and what's going to feel good for them versus someone else. Right, exactly. Okay, so it seems like this might be a good moment to transition into how do we flirt without being creepy? Yes, that's a great, important topic. We talk with a lot of people about this, particularly men dating women have fears about um, you know being creepy, uh, crossing a boundary, particularly in the Me Too era. So the way that I really think about creepiness is that there's a persistent boundary crossing, mm-hmm. right? So someone is doing something that's essentially non-consensual, and the other and they're maybe incurring harm. They're either unaware that they're crossing a boundary or they're kind of privileging privileging their needs and desires over the other person's. Mm -hmm. If feminist flirting is the antidote to being creepy, and if it's respectful, choiceful, and consensual, here are some uh, things that we do when flirting like a feminist. One, we're paying attention to verbal and nonverbal signals. Do they appear open to connecting? Mm -hmm. Do they have open body language? Are they smiling? Are they leaning in? Are they averting their gaze? They closing their body language off, turning away, walking away, right? So paying attention to those signals. And one thing that I think is really helpful to do is to start with something that's less likely to be experienced as a boundary crossing, okay? So an example of this would be to, uh, you know, start with holding eye contact for a moment across the room versus staring someone down. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Right, or asking a question versus going in for touch. Mm. If you've just met someone, yeah, yeah, I feel like that's a a great point. Touch is one of the ones that we really want to be a little bit more careful with because that can be 
a quick road to crossing a boundary if we don't know somebody very well. Right. Yeah. And I mean, it's interesting you're saying that because I'm thinking about a lot of the stuff out there uh, in the sort of pickup artistry world. And they talk a lot about breaking the touch barrier as quickly as possible. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Just a visceral reaction (laughs) saying that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so um, there's going to be a lot of advice out there, I think particularly for men uh, who are looking at sort of seduction tactics for uh, seducing women, mm-hmm. um, just to be aware of. They're going to want you to touch as soon as possible. Um, and we want you to touch in a way that's consensual and also works for your system. Yeah. I mean, that's another thing I want to just name. A lot of the the men that I've talked to over the years, they say like, I'm not ready for touch mm-hmm. until a certain period, you know, and that's important to that listen to. That is so important. Yeah. Yeah, that is so important because, yeah, pushing yourself past a point where you aren't comfortable because you think that's what you need to do to connect with somebody it's going to be so much more damaging, really. Right. You know, it doesn't, that's not going to lead to a meaningful connection. And it's going to be, it's not kind to you. Right. It's not kind to what you need. Yeah. Well, and I think another way to look at, you know, flirting like a feminist is um, in feminism, we allow men to have a need for, uh, emotional connection mm-hmm. in relationships, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? And it's it's okay for men to need an emotional uh, foundation before getting physical. Yeah. Yep. Okay, so we are paying attention to signals. We start with something that's less likely to cause a boundary crossing. And then we're going to notice the other person's response to whatever we tried, mm-hmm. right? Which hopefully we're choosing from a place of what would I enjoy right now mm. with this person? Mm-hmm. Um, Wait, that's, I, you just flipped that in there, but yeah. I, I wanna, <laughs> that's a great question. Yeah. A way of choosing like, what would I enjoy right now with this person from all the possible ways that we could flirt or signal interest or play, what would I enjoy right now with this person? Right, right. Yeah, and that shifts it from that kind of, uh, standard way of thinking about flirtation. What are the things that I've been told are flirtatious that I should be doing? Right. Right. Rather than really tuning into this moment and getting into a genuine space of enjoyment, which I promise you the other person will feel that. Yeah. 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 So we are paying attention to verbal and nonverbal signals. We're starting with something that's less likely to be a boundary crossing. And we are noticing the other person's response and adjusting accordingly. So if I make eye contact with you from across the room and you return that eye contact, I might take the next step and come closer. Or if you avoid my eye contact, I may go do something else. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then lastly, in terms of uh, how to not be creepy, uh, when in doubt, ask for consent. This is a great rule of thumb. <laughs> this is just, this makes everything easier. Mm-hmm. And... There, are, I know I've heard the thought or the hear people say like, oh, doesn't that make it less sexy or less something? And it's like, no, <laughs> <laughs> no, it doesn't. <laughs> and there are ways to ask for consent that are still sexy, that are still like, you know, signaling yes. desire. I think just one of my favorites, if I can share. Please. Is uh, stating what you want. Mm-hmm. It's like, 
oh, I'd really like to hold your hand right now. Hmm. Would you enjoy that? Yes. And that gives, it's, it's a little risky because it, you're saying what you want mm-hmm. and they may or may not want that. Mm-hmm. So you're, you're kind of going out on a little bit of a limb. Right. Uh, but you're letting them know, here's what I'm, I'm interested in you. It's a way of very clearly signaling interest, signaling attraction, signaling desire, and then inviting them into that with you if they want to join you there. Yes. Yeah. So what I noticed in your example Oh, I, I'd like to hold your hand. Would you enjoy that? Was the tone that you said that mm. with, right? So 93% of what we communicate is nonverbal or paraverbal. So the tone of our voice, right? The mm's, the ahs. Only 7% are the words, mm-hmm. right? So it's a very different thing to hear, oh, I'd really like to hold your hand versus I would like to hold your hand, mm. right? Would you like that too? Would you like that too? I am obtaining consent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. I wonder also what you'd think about, because I know for some of the folks who listen to this, uh, anxiety comes up. We all, you know, we get nervous, we get anxious. We may have the thought, I'd like to say, I want to hold your hand. And I feel really anxious. I don't know if I can say it like that. Yes. I, what I would do, and I'm curious how you would, uh, what you, what you think of this, I would say, I'm feeling a little anxious right now and I, I'd like to hold your hand. Mm-hmm. I feel a little nervous even saying that, but I wanted to share. Yes. Would you, yeah. like, would you like that? I mean, that's an incredible approach. Uh, two thumbs up. Cool. And what is uh, hopefully reassuring is we actually have some good research that shows that people who are nervous appear more attractive on dates. Mm. The old sort of, oh, you got to appear aloof and distant. Uh, that doesn't apply to establishing long-term secure functioning relationships. Mm-hmm. So allowing yourself to be transparent about the fear actually can draw someone closer to you in a good way. It's kind of hot. Right? Yeah. <laughs> and I think for me, it's you're, you're being vulnerable with that person. Mm-hmm. You're letting your walls down a little bit. You're, you're not trying to pretend like you're some perfect person who never has feelings and I am just all attraction and desire. Mm-hmm. It's like, no, I, I have, I'm worried. Yes. And of course, if you're worried, if you have some anxiety, it's probably because this is important to you. Like you're interested. You wouldn't yes. be anxious if you weren't interested. That's right. Um, and I think people know that. People can, can sense that and, and we're attracted to vulnerability. We're attracted to somebody letting their walls down a little bit. Mm-hmm. Well, and we're also, I mean, research shows we're attracted to people who are attracted to us. So just like you're saying, the nervousness points to this matters to me, you matter to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I mean, coming back to the question around like, well, what if I'm shy? What if I'm nervous? I think what you said is a really great approach. Um, and I just want to kind of normalize anxiety in flirtation and in yeah. dating. It's yep. just so normal. Again, it means that it matters to you, which is a wonderful thing. Mm-hmm. Um, now for some, anxiety isn't just kind of like butterflies. It gets to the place where there's sort of a terror of humiliation or rejection. It can stop them from flirting at all. Um, it might actually make them do things like kind of talk uncontrollably or sweat or blush. Um, and so I want to just name that uh, when it gets to a certain level, that's actually dating anxiety, which is a form of social anxiety. And it is something that um, can be treated with some psychotherapy. Mm-hmm. So I think it's, it's important to look at like, how much is my anxiety just altogether stopping me? Um, in which case that's probably a good indicator um, that 
getting help from a professional is going to be important. That's such a great point. And I just, it, I think it helps normalize, like it's not, you're not doing something wrong. Yes. Right. Like if you have that level of anxiety, it's not, there's something wrong with you. It's just that you have this brain wiring or this experience from past experiences, whatever it might be that has led to this. There's nothing wrong with you. There's just maybe a, some support to get from a professional that'll help you overcome that so you can be really present on in your dates, on in relationships, et cetera. Absolutely. Yeah, so some other things to help with flirtation anxiety. Uh, I like to differentiate between mindset and skill set. Okay. Okay. Tell me more. Yeah, so when it comes to flirtation and confidence, we've got uh, knowing how to flirt, Mm -hmm. right? Having the skills, having sort of practiced them um, and honed them. Like an example of this might be even being able to identify, I want to hold your hand. Right. And, and express it like verbally expressing that. You got it. Like I might not know necessarily in the moment I want to connect in some way, but I don't even know necessarily how I want to do that. Or if I do know, I don't know how to say it. Yes. So that might be a skill set to develop. You got it. Okay. Absolutely. Yes. And then mindset is all the stuff that's going on inside that either is going to support you to feel confident or not. Okay. okay. The reason I separate these two out is oftentimes when people come to us really struggling to flirt, they struggle with one, the other, or both. So it's important to really look at, okay, how much would it just help me to have some of these skills, right? Versus I need to be looking at some of the anxiety, some of the beliefs that I'm coming in with that might be stopping me from feeling really comfortable. Mm-hmm. And I imagine that Sometimes working on some of the skill sets may also help with some of the mindset. Yes. That kind of help lower the anxiety. If you had some exposure, had some practice with some of these skills, it may feel a little bit less foreign when then you go to do it on a date. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Another thing that can help with flirtation anxiety is to change your definition of flirting, like we've been talking about. Mm -hmm. Lowering the bar, giving yourself credit for a gentle smile. Mm Mm-hmm. For tuning into what you would enjoy with that person, mm. for just asking a question. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. Okay, so what else might we do if we're feeling too shy or too anxious to flirt? Yeah, I mean, what you were just saying about how just practicing skills can kind of expose you and reduce your anxiety over time can actually help with mindset. That's a really great point. And, you know, we did an episode on why dating is so hard, particularly if you're anxious, that goes over a three-step process, uh, which includes really challenging yourself, both challenging and soothing yourself in dating. And so I definitely recommend checking that episode out if you haven't already. With flirtation anxiety, we do have to balance kind of gently challenging ourselves, right? So um, maybe trying a thing that feels somewhat risky and then kind of giving ourselves some nice self-care or nurturance so that we can kind of process the experience. And over time, that's going to allow us to expand our comfort zone. Mm-hmm. I love that. Okay. And then it, it, I also imagine that these are things that you could work with a professional around. Uh, there's a lot of really good uh, approaches specifically around how to treat social and dating anxiety to help reduce the anxiety, in, increase your comfort zone and... Yeah, absolutely. What more you want to say about that? Yes. Um, <laughs> so, I really recommend for anyone who's wanting to expand their comfort zone, 
uh, and really learn how to flirt, to do theater improv mm. or to go see a drama therapist. Mm-hmm. So I'm a drama therapist. There's a lot of drama therapists on our team. And what we do is we use theater improv, et cetera, to help people grow in lots of different ways, including learn flirtation skills and expand their comfort zone. So I I really think because improv is thinking on your feet in a way that is collaborative and playful, it's like that is flirtation. If you can really get some of those skills under your belt, you're you're not going to need to, you know, memorize these lists of what flirtation looks like. Mm. You're just going to kind of have it in your bones. I love that. That's that is such a good point. Improv and is is play. Yes. Improv is play. It makes me think about one of the principles of improv being yes and, mm-hmm. and how that in itself is a flirtation principle of saying yes to what your partner is bringing and adding something to it. Mm-hmm. And I want to add like a little caveat to that. That is sometimes there is something that your partner brings that you're not ready for. Right. And one of, I think, the skill sets that we can develop is how do I so, say no and? Mm-hmm. That's, I'm not, you know, I'm not ready for that. And I'm still interested in connecting with you. Right. If, you're, if that's you, true. You know. you're, you're yes and in connection mm-hmm. if you really want the connection. Yeah. Uh, even if the specific didn't doesn't work for you. Yeah. Because again, flirting like a feminist is consensual. Yeah. Yeah. So it might be like, well, uh, no, I'm actually not quite ready to hold your hand, but I'd really love to sit on this bench and, and talk to you some more and yes. look into your eyes. Yes, exactly. Okay. <laughs> cool. <laughs> <laughs> mm. um, anything else that you would say about how to address being shy or, or some of the dating anxiety around flirting? Well, I think that for some people, getting honest feedback can be really helpful for reducing anxiety. Again, coming back to this sort of like terror of being creepy, um, along with people who are sort of like, am I coming across as flirtatious at all? All right, so they're just like not sure how they're coming across. So getting some honest feedback, which I know is not always easy. Mm. Um, Sometimes, you know, our friends, they just like to say, you're great, Mm -hmm. you know, just be yourself. Uh, And it can be hard to get honest feedback from dates. So, you know, I do recommend if you're working with a dating coach or dating therapist, just really soliciting their honest feedback. Um, I know that on our team, we have a mock date service where people come and they they get really detailed feedback after going on a mock date. Um, And, you know, if that is not available to you, really finding someone that you do trust and just having a really transparent conversation with them, making it really clear that, Truly, I, I actually do want your honest feedback. I know that's very scary to give. And I, I just really want to hear what you have to say. I love that acknowledgement that it's scary to give honest feedback. Because mm-hmm. it is. Yes. Especially if it's something that we think is going to maybe be negative or come across as hurtful in some way. Like It can be very scary to give that feedback. And so acknowledging that is very sweet. And then we also have to follow it up with not, you know... Not laying it into them, of like, yes, or not taking it personally, right? Yeah, really being willing, like, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm wanting this feedback. I'm going to use this feedback to develop my skill here to grow, not to make use it to make myself wrong or to you know 
give evidence for why I'm terrible at flirting and I'll never get a date. And yes, uh, but really, just like let me use that feedback. We take it in compassionately and and learn from it. Yeah, I think that's a great point. I think if you really want to receive honest feedback, get good at receiving feedback. Mm-hmm. Right? Don't get defensive. Don't turn in on yourself. Not that that's uh, you know easier said than done. Mm-hmm. Um, and. Yeah, if you can come in with that energy of I genuinely am fully open to this feedback, you're you're more likely to get it. Yeah. So I have a question for you, Josh. Yes. Which is, do you have any words of wisdom as a man who identifies as a feminist, who has dated? Do you have any words of wisdom, feedback that you want to share? I mean, I think so much of what we shared in this episode is gold, that it's about this sweet spot of play of expressing desire respectfully, consensually, respecting the no if you hear hear it or see it. Um, And that it's okay. It's okay to have desire also. I think maybe that's worth acknowledging in this, that we can go to these either ends of the spectrum of being super, super safe where we're we're just not even even acknowledging our own desire, our own attraction, and exp- finding ways to express that in a healthy way, in a consensual way. Um, that is not all or nothing. It's not like either I'm so focused on my desire that I'm just ignoring everything else. I'm just pursuing this, you know, which is I think what we're a lot of us are worried about being. And it's also not, I have to shut it all down and be very kind of respectful and careful and overly cautious because if I say the wrong thing, I'm going to break somebody. People are are incredibly strong, they're resilient, and they'll tell you, yes. either verbally or non-verbally, whether they're interested in what you're doing. And if you don't know, ask. You know, it may be like, oh, I, I, you know, maybe I reached across to hold your hand or something and you pulled your hand away. It could be a little vulnerable, but it's like, oh, I, I'm really excited to connect with you. I just want to check in. Is this okay? Mm-hmm. Are, you, are you enjoying this? Mm-hmm. Are, you, are you wanting this right now or is there something that we can do that will make it better for you? that can, it's like when in doubt, ask, when in yes. doubt, communicate, when in doubt, ask for consent, uh, that it's, it's, that just solves so many problems. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I love that. Yeah. And I, I want to just highlight one thing you said, which is I think very important, trusting that the other person will tell you if, mm. if something's not okay, that in and itself is a feminist stance. Mm. I believe you are strong enough person across from me to speak up uh, yeah yeah and and remembering that the, the cue may not be nonverbal. yes absolutely is, and and sometimes we need to tune our radar maybe we're not used to looking for those those signals mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and it may be almost a little bit of like a make it into a game of like can I tune in enough to this person to mm-hmm. really sense into, oh, I think they're excited or oh, I think they're maybe less excited about this mm-hmm. and and make it more about tuning in and playing in a way that's fun, that's fun for them than it is about getting any particular outcome. Yes. Yeah, and that's, I mean, for me, from my own personal experience, the thing I want to re-highlight is the moments when I have really enjoyed flirtation is when the other person has been genuinely enjoying themselves, right? Mm, Like like Josh, when I see you, your eyes lit up when you're looking at me and we're playing or whatever it is, like that just melts my heart. Yeah. Um, So if you can hold on to that, really getting into 
just genuinely enjoying the other person, savoring mm-hmm. that moment. I mean, what's better than that? Yeah. If you enjoyed this episode, we would love it if you would leave a reading and review in your Apple Podcasts app. You can find all of the notes from today's show at our show notes at relationshipcenter.com slash podcast. And until next time. We love you too. We love you too. Bye. Bye.